morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Actually, it could be kind of cool this weekend. Hey, welcome to our garden party, folks. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden program we call the Gestalt Gardener. I'm your host, horticulturist Felder Rushing. Our producer is the awesome Java Chapman. We're going to have fun the next hour or so talking about gardening. Coming up today's end of September party, I'm going to give you a heads up on some stuff you can be doing in the southern autumnal weather. Share a few interesting emails, but even though right now I'm in Alabama helping Master Gardens with advanced training, we are live here at MTV. In addition to my personally selected cheesy musical selection coming up in 30 minutes, I'll be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. So live program folks, sit back and join us. We can take a few minutes of news and be right back with this informal party we hear at MPB called the Gestalt Garden. Let's go get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Elder Rushing, and I'm ready to talk with you about what's going on in your garden. Um, I'm not a great gardener. Anybody knows me knows that. I'm a what they call a garden expert. I'm a mouth gardener. I talk about more than I do, but I am doing some stuff. This past week was awfully hot and humid. wasn't able to do a whole bunch. Uh, I didn't even feel like taking my leaf blower or my rake, much less my rake, uh, to some of the leaves that are falling. But my buckeye dropped all of its leaves, and I can see those big fat seeds on it right now. Buckeye seeds are twice as big as my thumb, and I know if I put them in some potting soil right now, they're going to uh, grow up six, eight inches tall before fall. I'll leave them outside or plant them this, this fall. They will not freeze. And then uh, not next year, but year after next, they'll have beautiful clusters of, uh, of really, really red salvia-like flowers, one of the best hummingbird, spring hummingbird plants. Matter of fact, it could be said that hummingbirds, when they come back in the, in the late winter, they actually follow buckeyes as buckeyes start blooming further north. So if you've got a, if you've got a shaded garden, we really ought to try to have a buckeye tree. Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening for the next little while. If you want to give me a call, it's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring I am in Alabama. But there's a crowd outside uh, this conference room I'm in right now. There's about 250, 260 master gardeners, and uh, they're here for advanced trading. Got a fellow talking about roses, uh, Carol Reese, who's originally from Startville and is an extension horticulturist up in Tennessee, she's on the program. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, sort of messing with Master Garden. It's advanced training. We don't have to talk about digging and planting. We get to talk about more esoteric stuff like what are we doing here. And that's what this program is about. What are we doing here? If you got questions, problems, need solving, need some solutions, second opinion, uh, or just want to kick around some ideas, give me a call. It's toll-free, one eight seven seven. MPB ring. I'm going to be talking about uh, gardening for the next hour or so. And there's some things coming up, some events I'd like to promote. Not a whole lot. I love help promoting gardening events. I know there's a uh, the fall garden thing down at Crystal Springs in Mississippi is coming up uh, in about three weeks, cu- a couple of weeks. But um, this weekend, there's two things I want to promote. Uh, one's partly personal. Um, there's a, uh, uh, let me see, the Wells Fest, Wells Fest is in Jackson. It's in that big grove of trees on Lakeland Drive just off Interstate 55 past the uh, the ballpark. It's a fundraiser for Wells uh, Methodist Church, some of the pro- uh, programs they've got going, but a lot of things going on. My daughter's going to be there showing how she paints uh, p- pictures of people's pets, but mostly 
swing by and visit Lloyd Moncrief. He's got a tent where he spends all spring, summer, and fall getting ready for this, where he has incredibly interesting, hard-to-find, homegrown, pass-along plants. And uh, not so much, doesn't matter to me what you do at the weekend, but this is a good time to find plants that you can't buy anywhere else. Tell Lloyd I said, hey. Uh, also, I'm going to be at the Mobile Herb Show Saturday. That's the, the 30th. Uh, I'm the keynote speaker, but I'm going to be around all day to yak with anybody who wants to talk about growing herbs or pretty much anything else, although they've got some good folks, Bill Finch and some of the other folks down in the Mobile area. Uh, but anyways, uh, Saturday from 9 until 1, they're going to have lots of displays, demonstrations, tasted herbal sacks, uh, uh, folks to chat with about growing herbs, plants for sale, lunches included. Uh, there's a $35 registration fee, but believe me, it'll be a fun-packed and informative show and cost less than a good meal out. You know, I'm the keynote speaker. I'll be talking about all sorts of interesting, easy-to-use, practical herbs that uh, not only can be used as herbs, but they're just downright good-looking in the garden, too. That's going to be Saturday uh, at the Mobile Botanical Garden. Look forward to seeing you. If you want some more information about it, um, go to Gulf coastherbsociety.org If you have anything else I can help promote here on MPB, it's what helps us make a go-to place for sharing gardening information, email us, garden at mpb.org Now right off the bat, let's uh, stay. Let's go to Jackson and talk with Jim. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning, Albert. Jim Rosenblatt here, and uh, our Buckeye oh. tree is loaded this year. It is. You've got more than I do. you got some to share? Oh, yes. I'll bring you some, Belder. <laughs> but my question this morning concerns manure. Uh, I've got access to either horse or cattle manure down at the fairgrounds, and I wonder if that's better to incorporate into your garden this winter than the stuff you get in the store in the bag. Well, yes and no. The stuff that they have there is real fresh. So what I would do is, and if you're, if you're going to work it into your dirt, it'll be ready next spring. In other words, it needs to break down a little while, but it'll have plenty of time to, to, to break down over the winter time. So that'd be a great way to start out next spring. You can also just pile it up someplace, let it go through its composting process, you know, in a pile sort of out of the way, and then work it in while it's fresh next spring, either way. And, uh, oh. and and by the way, by the way, Dean, the uh, uh, the stuff at the fairgrounds is probably better than what you get anywhere else because those are show animals and they don't feed them just a bunch of junk. A lot of a lot of the manure you get from farms has got every kind of weed seed you can imagine, but a lot of these are are, are pretty pretty well taken care of animals. Probably some of the better manure you can get in the state. I'm just sorry we don't have the circus with the elephants anymore. That was always a great source. <laughs> Well, you know, they still, I don't know if they still have Zoodoo out at the Jackson Zoo, but they might have some for you there. <laughs> and, uh, which, which, by the way, would be fine. Oh, let me ask you this. You got, you, you got a vegetable garden there at the law school, the, the Mississippi College Law School. Is, how's it looking after all this rain and then all the hot weather? Well, it's looking real good. I planted my second round of tomatoes, as you advised me to, but my okra and peppers and my zinnias are all producing well, and I've got herbs there also. Well, it's about time. I don't know if you get into kale and cabbage and broccoli and stuff like that, but get you know I've seen some already showing up at the garden centers, and now might be a good time to tuck some little plants 
in between your bigger plants that'll shade them for you know uh, so they don't get you know sometimes you stick a new plant like a cabbage or broccoli plant out in the sun it kind of burns a little bit but you might can tuck them in between the other plants and let them get established that's great advice i'll do that felder thanks so much right, yeah. good to hear from you thank you sir yep. yes sir uh, folks, that's the uh, fellow who has a little raised bed herb and vegetable garden in the back corner of the parking lot at the Mississippi College School of Law. You know, gardening doesn't care who you are. <laughs> anyway, you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Hey, Java, what's been going on with you this past week? Oh, man, everything's been everything um, with with us. I've been pulling a little, a little double duty um, um, where... I had to pick up some extra producing duties <laughs> for the uh, local programs here at MPB Think Radio. And uh, also, we're celebrating a birthday today. Kevin a Farrell. Birthday. The one Kevin's and only good. the one and only Kevin Farrell. He turns, I don't know, where you, how old are you, Kevin? 56. Oh, poor thing, poor thing. Don't I have so hard. long to go before I get to 56. <laughs> 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 no, nah, we love him up here. I'm sure Kevin agree with this. It comes around quicker than you think, quicker than you think. Anyway, happy birthday to Kevin Farrell, who's our uh, not only one of the, the top producers, but also the phone greeter today. Appreciate all that. And uh, if you want to give us a call, folks, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, I've been doing a lot of walking around this, this past week. It's hot. I haven't done as much as I'd like because it, it, just, it just kicks me. You know, when you can stand still and your sweat won't evaporate, that's bad, but... Uh, I started seeing a whole lot of, of, of all things. I saw my first camellia sasanqua of the season. It's September. Sasanqua is a fall-blooming camellia. Smaller flowers, smaller leaves, but it blooms in the fall. Really, really tough landscape plant. And uh, if your garden lacks fall color, I suggest thinking about putting in a little sasanqua. They come in white, pink, red. Uh, the small plants, you could prune them up into small trees. Uh, or else you can keep it as, as nice full shrubs however you want. But that's a great plant, very dependable for fall color, and it's actually a little bit tougher than the winter-blooming Camellia japonica. So now, anyway, Phil, there's a lot. Yeah, man. Um, today is National Coffee Day, right? Yeah, and funny you said, because I'm drinking coffee as we speak. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's everybody probably has a cup, cup of Joe or a cup of Java in there. Java, uh, <laughs> Java, Java Jive, uh-huh. in the percolator. <laughs> uh, but um, do um, where where's where can we grow? Can I can I grow some beans in my in my in my backyard if I wanted to? Nah, I know you, I know really. you may know the, the answer to this. Not really, not really. Or oh, do I have do I have to be in Columbia? Well, uh, or you you know you could actually grow it down in South Florida, but it'll, the, the plant will freeze in wintertime. So anytime we get a frost, coffee won't grow very well. So but, I can't uh, I but, can't make a cold press in my in my house. It's not. No, but you, but but you know you, at the same time you want really good quality. I've got a little hand grinder thing. I've got you know one of those you know you buy the whole beans and you can grind them up with electric. I've got one that's got a hang hand crank. What was that? Oh, that was just you know. The game, the game wizard himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. One thing you can do, Java. You can, you know, I, I don't know if you like tea or not, but you can grow your own tea plant. I just mentioned this plant called camellia. Well, there's camellia sasanqua, 
Camellia japonica and Camellia sinensis. It's got white or pink flowers. It's a shrub, an evergreen shrub that will grow in your yard, and you can take the leaves and make all the tea you want out of. All the tea in China comes from a, from a, anywhere in the world comes from a, a plant that will grow in your yard, type of Camellia. So there. <laughs> Hey, listen. Uh, one of the things I, I, I've got going on, I was talking to uh, to uh, uh, Jim Rosenblatt. I've got. I was at a garden center yesterday. They got lots of stuff coming in for for gardening pleasure production. They got vegetables and winter herbs like parsley and bulbs. I saw some daffodil bulbs. Uh, what I'm going to do this uh, this coming weekend when I get back from my program at the Herb Society down in Mobile Botanic Garden. Uh, I'm going to start swapping out some of my, my summer and fall plants for fall and winter plants. Uh, things like basil and zinnias and peppers. They're gonna, as soon as we get us a froster out of here, we can get a, a, another month or two out of them. Uh, still producing well, but I'm going to try to make a place to put some kale, Swiss chard, parsley, violas, and some garlic. You know, so they can be planted next month, but I'm tucking a few little plants in between my summer stuff so they can get a little size on them be ready to go when I have to pull up or cut my, my summer stuff out. So this is a good time. Garden centers get loaded up, and they got good small plants, which are so much better and quicker to get established and more likely to produce than bigger plants a month from now. Now, with the so, fair, you know, you know, Fair, we're getting, we getting coming up on the fair uh, time next week, oh, yeah. actually, Wednesday. They got, t- they got taffy trucks up already, Java. Yeah, it's it's coming. I always go down there for the lunch. But does do, don't they always have like a big flower show? Um, I mean, or it's, in the trademark center? As, it's not as big as it used to be, and folks who want to enter that need to take the plan. I think the first day of the fair, I think it's Wednesday is when it opens. We have to take your plants down either the night before or the morning of. I think it's the night before it starts. You can take plants down there, and they get prizes. Last year, I won five blue ribbons and one red ribbon, and a red ribbon should have been a blue ribbon. A couple of blue ribbons should have been red ribbons. Yeah, I take plants down there, and it's real fun because people take homegrown stuff. It's not a competitive thing, and they do all sorts of uh, – you you can see some of the most interesting, unusual plants down there. So, uh, yeah, but that's – you have to take your plants down either the – I think it's the night before the fair opens – the back side of the trademark building. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to the fair. We're going to take a little bit of a break, folks. We've got some cheesy music coming up. Some really cheesy music. If you like potatoes, we're going to be talking about buds in about 10 minutes. I'm a horticulture spelled rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. I'm in Alabama about to give a, a keynote talk to uh, 250, 260 master gardeners. And then I'm headed over to Mobile for the Herb Society uh, thing at the Mobile Botanic Garden tomorrow. But we're going to take a little break and come back with more of your live calls here at MPB right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture Stellar Rushing. got some uh, interesting emails this past week. I think I've caught up on most of them. Uh, one of them is a, it's one of those where I really feel bad because it's a good question, it's an honest question. I have the same situation in my own garden, but 
I didn't have the recommendation that this person really wanted. Uh, uh, Nina Hatcher had said that she had a pool filled in to create a patio garden, but the landscapers put in a mound with junipers and a couple of edges of what was supposed to be monkey grass, the kind that stays where you put it, and it gets thicker. Instead, they put in something that looks like monkey grass, but it spreads and spreads as impossible to pull, uh, even to even to dig out, uh, since it's all mixed in with the hiding the junipers. She wanted to know, is there something that she can spray to kill the invasive monkey grass without harming the juniper? And I'm thinking, whew, I wish I had a magic wand. <laughs> and by the way, people who think I recommend Roundup too often, note this. I wouldn't even reckon a Roundup. <laughs> the truth is, what will kill monkey grass will kill most other plants, including junipers. The solution is, and that's not a good one, but it works. And, and, and this is what I do myself, is to pull it and pull it. It's really not that hard. Once you get the most of it out, then you can come back a few weeks or a couple of months later and easily pull up what you missed the first time. Here's the trick, though. Do it in the wintertime when it's not so hot. You don't have to worry about snakes and spiders and fire ants and yellow jackets and stuff. Also, when the ground is moist, this stuff comes up a whole lot easier. It's not fun. You may even want to pay somebody to do it, but this is what works. If there's something easier to do, I would do it myself, and then I'd recommend it for you. Uh, anyway, there's some, some things that the best answer is not much you can do on that. And let's go up to Yazoo City and talk with Wayne. Hey, Wayne, how are you this morning? Good morning, Silver. How are you? So far, so good. What's going on? <laughs> I work for a uh, forestry company, and huh? – uh, Earlier this week, I was walking through a grove of oak trees and found this. It looked like a fruit tree, but it had thorns on it about two inches long. Real green and, and had little I, oranges on them. It, it looked like small oranges. And I looked it yep. up, and from what I found, it was called a Japanese bitter orange tree. Well, you can call it all sorts of stuff. Some people call it hearty orange. They call it wild lemon. Uh, you can call it by the Latin name, trifoliate orange, Ponsiris trifoliata. It's a great plant. My my son found one in the woods. He's a hunter. He found some in the woods. He was scouting out some stuff. And I've got one growing in my front yard, but I've got a little twisted variety that stays compact, real curly thorns and stuff. But um, anyway, if you, if you want to look at some people say it's an invasive plant because it does spread, but it's not that big a deal. Just try not to run over it with your three-wheeler because it'll puncture a tire. <laughs> well, the, the question I've got is, all right, the fruits that I found, there were some that were still green and some that had turned orange already. Yeah. And uh, how do I go about if how do I go about growing that from the seed of those fruits? I picked about six or seven and took them yeah. home. And yeah. how do I dry the seeds out to grow it from seed? Well, it's actually pretty easy because what happens is wildlife eat those. And by the way, they are extremely sour. You know, imagine a, a, a ten times sour lemon. That's what yeah, they, I, they are. I opened one up and I tried it, and I, uh, okay. I licked on it. And to me, that was the, the most sour thing I've ever tasted. Yeah, and uh, by the way, country folks used to use that as the pectin source to help their jelly set up, and they're they're perfectly edible. They just got a lot of seeds and a lot of trouble. Uh, anyway, the seeds sprout pretty readily. As a matter of fact, uh, the one I've got drops a little things on the ground. I have little seedlings come up all the time, and I pot them up and give them to friends. So the thing is to take some of the take the seeds out of the fruit, like it's been eaten, 
and then clean them under some running water like they've been digested and clean, and then just put them in some pots, and it should sprout right on up. Okay, when do I need to plant those? Uh, I would go ahead. Uh, I mean, you can do it now. If, uh, they, they they may not sprout till spring, but if you'll go ahead and and, uh, and get them out, clean them, you can either put them in the refrigerator in a plastic bag with a very fairly damp piece of paper towel to try to create humidity, not moisture, or else you can put them in, in little pots and set them out, out back and forget about them. Next spring, they'll sprout. Shouldn't be any no problem. problem. And by, the, by the way, you can also take a branch off of that, stick it in some styrofoam, put gumdrops on it, and have a little Christmas tree. That's what my mother used to do with them. <laughs> I never thought of that. Uh, yeah. How long do I need to let those seeds dry out for? You don't have to let them dry out. You know, they're ready to go. As soon as, soon as you, you know, t- again, make them think they've been eaten and digested and dropped on the ground. Okay. And, I mean, that's what that, the one you, you found out there, that's how it did. But if you put them in, in pots and potting soil, m- more of them will sprout. And by the way, these things started out as uh, a rootstock for fruit tree, for, for real citrus trees. People go down to the Gulf Coast, and when they're getting gas, they get a dollar grapefruit plant bring it home and plant in the backyard, the grapefruit part would die, and this seeds, uh, uh, this rootstock would sprout, and then the wild animals spread it from there. Well, I, I'm still trying to figure out how it ended up in the middle of an 800-acre 800, 800 uh, hardwood patch. Bird <laughs> ate it, you know? I mean, it just, it just, just like uh, anything else, birds, wildlife, uh, deer, anything that, that eats it, however far they can go before they drop a seed out their rear end, that's how they spread. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Okay, it's a, it's a great plan. Don't forget the free thing. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right, trifoliate orange. I have the the one that he saw is one that my grandmother used to have when I was a kid, and one that's planted right beside Thomas Jefferson's grave at Monticello. The one I've got has got real twisted, gnarly-looking, tortuous uh, little thorns and stuff like that. It's called Flying Dragon. It's one of my favorite yard plant. Beautiful, real pure white, fragrant citrus flowers in the spring. Interesting uh, fruit this time of year. Yeah, Felder, I just pulled that up, pulled that up on online, and that is a, a, a wicked looking plant. The Flying Dragon is the dwarf sized and um, and they said they even used the <laughs> in Oriental medicine. I guess this maybe how it's got his name. They could use the fruit. Uh, as a treatment for um, allergic um, inflammation. Uh, it's just like, can you imagine having to inflame a cut or something, somebody squeezing a lemon into it? Uh-uh, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool plan. If you want one, I got one in the pot for you, Java. Oh, man, I might have to might have to come get that because they also say it make an excellent, like if, if nobody's ever, see, if you are wondering about this, I would um, advise somebody to look it up because those thorns are, are humongous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and it's a pretty plant. It's real, real pretty, but like I say, it's one of those plants that because it spreads on its own, some people don't like it, but I think it's a great plant. Great plan. And by the way, the one called Flying Dragon, you put that inside of your house, and if somebody tries to break in, because the thorns, thorns occur backwards, they will never get away. <laughs> ah, now see, that's the trick, those backward curved thorns. Yep, it's a, it's a bad little plant. Anyway, bring either your son or your daughter over, and I'll, I'll let them play with mine. Okay, there we go. All hey, right. How about that? I remember, boy and a girl. Hey, you get better and better as as the days <laughs> go by, Felder. 
Hey, listen, uh, I don't know if we've got any calls coming in right now, uh, but it is toll-free. If anybody wants to give a call, toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, you want to go ahead and play our, our cheesy music? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to it this morning, but I see it's who the, I see who the artist is, and I already I, I already know it's a great song. He's he, he's like the best at what he does. Weird Al Yankovic taking a uh, uh, t- taking a takeoff on looking for love. No, no, what is it? Look. Something about Spud. Addicted, addicted to Spud, but it's a take yeah. on the song Addicted to Love. Okay, let's do that. We'll come back. Folks, let's load up the phones if you want to give us a call. Toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring I'm Horticulture Spelled Russian. This is MPB's Gestalt Gardener. We'll be back after this little bit of cheesy Al Yankovic music.
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Hope you're addicted to spuds like me. Thanks to Al Yankovic, weird Al Yankovic. We're going to be uh, taking your phone calls. And by the way, Java, I got to see, you know, last two times I saw you, your son wouldn't even look at me because he was looking at his his little personal uh, device. I can see where he gets it from. You are all about technology, aren't you? Well, you know, you got to stay, got to stay with the times, man. Got to stay with the times. <laughs> well, instead of just texting me or something, you sent me a screenshot of all the callers we've got. I appreciate that. And uh, matter of fact, let's just jump right in. We've got a, a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about, but I'd rather talk with you about what's going on in your garden. We're going to go up to Oxford and talk with Nathaniel. Good morning, sir. Nate, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Uh, a while hey, back, I heard you talking about a, a technique, a German technique of like piling up sticks in a, in, your, in an area and then planting plants in it. Could you just touch yeah. on that and I'll uh, listen off air? Yeah, sure. Um, the, 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 it's called stump culture, stump culture, and the German word is hugel culture. And you can Google it, H-U-G-L-E culture, I believe. But uh, anyway, that's just a fancy word for piling stuff up. Uh, Neil Odenwald, who's a professor emeritus of uh, landscape architecture at, at uh, LSU, has been doing this for years. Whenever he had branches or cut something down or limbs or leaves, he would just he connected the trunks of his trees in long rows. He'd put the big stuff down, the little stuff on top, and then pile of leaves. And then by the next spring, the leaves had broken out. He started planting ferns, then azaleas. Uh, you could do this with vegetables and herbs, but it takes a little while for it to break down. Uh, but if you got really bad dirt, don't feel like digging, you can just pile stuff up, and it's, a, it's crunchier and taller and longer-lasting than just compost. And so the idea is put big stuff, medium stuff, little stuff. If you want to throw some dirt on it, you can, but but a bunch of leaves, and almost immediately you're going to start having better aeration. It holds moisture a long time. It's got nutrients in it. It's just a, an easy way to garden, and a pile of stuff that's had a little chance to start breaking down. So Hugo culture is a fancy word for piling stuff up and then planting stuff around the edges till it breaks down and plant more stuff on top. And uh, sort of like having a compost pile with watermelons and tomatoes growing out of it. So it's a pretty simple, straightforward concept called Hugo culture. Let's slide back all the way down to the Gulf Coast to Biloxi. Hey, Eric, how are you this morning? Fine, and you? So far, so good. What, what's up? I have an uh, orchid. It's a, a species, uh, Oncidium uh, brassica. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got five sprays coming off of one plant. Yeah. And uh the first spray that come out is already opening up and uh one of the, the first one coming off, the uh one of the flowers is deformed. It only has uh like one of the outer petals coming down uh-huh. instead of two. And uh also I have uh a spray coming out of the top of one of the pseudobulbs. So I was wondering if that was normal. Well, it's, I don't know about the latter. It could be. There's so many different orchids, and because 
because I'm gone a lot, I can't grow plants like orchids and African violets and ferns that need care. I grow succulents and cacti and stuff, so I haven't grown them myself, and there's so many varieties. I wouldn't be surprised if, if having what they call proliferation, where you have a plant growing out of the flower or, you know, in other words, this uh, daylilies do that, so growing out of a flower. It's called proliferation. But uh, as far as the deformity, I'm not surprised about that because, you know, we don't have ideal orchid conditions. They're jungle plants that grow in trees. They depend on regular rainfall and stuff. So if you've got it indoors uh, with hit or miss, humidity, watering, fertilizing, it's not unusual for the first few things that come out to not be quite up to snuff. So uh, I'd I'd look at, have you had this plant very long? Uh, It's a six-year-old but it's uh, it's a division off of another one. But uh, okay, so the division, but the division is not six years old. No, so the plant, the total yeah. plant, is it's a six yeah. year old plant. Well, the division is a one year old. You know, once you, know, um, once you take it off the mother plant, it starts over from scratch. Okay, it, then anyway, then, 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 yeah, okay. So it, anyway, it's not unusual with weird growing conditions for some of the the first flowers or even leaves to be deformed on uh, a lot of plants. I wouldn't be surprised if that way with orchids, too. Let's see how it does over the next few weeks with the next flowers. Oh, and, right. Um, so, I mean, that's it's educated guess is all it is. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. Appreciate your call, Eric. <laughs> I get stumped on stuff like orchids real bad. You know, if I don't grow it myself, I'll make a good educated guess, and then I have to do some research, turn it over to somebody else. Let's uh, slide back up to Jackson. Hey, Bob, how are you this morning? All right, sir. How are you? Good, 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 good. You got a I have, um, I've got blueberries, figs, and muscadines, and I, I know they're all done. And I'd like to know the best possible way to – And I, the pruning is where I'm, I'm lost. Uh, can you go over pruning on those three plants? Yeah, and they're, they're all three different. Uh, let's start in back yeah, with okay. muscadines. Muscadines, when they put out new growth in the spring, the flowers and the berries are are, are in the first couple of three leaf joints. See, so okay. when you when you prune them, let's wait till winter time. If you'll prune them this winter, and whatever grew this year, follow up from the tip back to where it started back in the spring. Cut all that off, leaving stubs with one or two leaf joints. So mm-hmm. you know it'll just and it, it's it's pretty brutal. But this is what mm-hmm. you do with muscadines. All of this year's growth, cut it back with just two or three leaf joints left. All right. Do that in the wintertime. Um, and if you've got a bunch of cluttered stuff, it's okay to thin some of it out. You don't have to have, leave everything on it. As okay. far as the figs, they do the same thing. They will make figs next year on what grows next year as long as it grows off of something that grew this year. So in the wintertime, cut them back, but leave some of this year's growth. Follow the mm. tips of the branch back to where it started and leave a foot or two of that. And, again, that's mm. done in the winter. Blueberries are different. They're spring bloomers. They've already got their flower bunch next spring. Let's wait until until next spring when the new growth starts coming out. You'll see where the okay. flowers are and fruit. The new growth, you can tip prune on that real new growth in the spring and early summer to make it bushier. But the stuff that's, and then the stuff that's too tall to pick soon as you get through picking uh, what you can next summer, mm-hmm. you cut the tall stuff back. So cut the tall stuff back after you're done through uh, done picking, and then tip prune the new growth up until the middle of the summer. 
so it'll bush out and make flower buds. No pruning I've on got, blueberries yeah. late summer or fall. I've got sprigs coming out right now. I mean, there's nothing on it. I mean, the blueberries came out really well this year, but there's sprigs popping out now. I don't don't touch them until next spring or fall. I mean, next spring. Well, or summer. No, the the, spr- the sprigs aren't going to have any flowers. Uh, you know, they're not going to have flowers. You could do that, but let's let's don't prune anything right now because there's time enough for new growth. If you cut stuff back now, we've got enough time for new growth to sprout back out, and it'll freeze in the winter under normal winter. So let's wait until. Till uh, winter time to prune the extra stuff and try not to prune anything that might have uh, berries on it. Oh, but uh, I, I wouldn't do any any pruning right now at all. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, if you if you need some more some more specific questions, shoot me an email because there's a lot of you. I, I, I'm I'm re- I was raised with fruits. I grow all sorts of kind of fruits, but uh, this kind of thing where I love to get in more detail, but it's easier on an email. Okay, now let's go to Brandon. Hey, Teresa, good morning. Good morning. Um, What's up? I was trying to improve the the dirt, the soil in my mother's garden, and I was Mm -hmm. just wondering, we have a vacant lot that a lot of leaves are falling. We can't even grow grass out there, and I was wondering if I could take those leaves and put them in her garden across the winter and let them rot. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. It'd be even better. Are they big leaves or little leaves or all just different kinds of leaves? Well, we're mowing the lo- the empty lot, so the leaves are getting mowed. Yeah, is this uh, sun or shade? Um, There's so many trees there, it's shade. Okay. Well, that's good because if it's in the sun, you'd also be introducing a whole lot of weed seed. But there's not as many weeds in the in the shade as it is out in the sun. But, but uh, no, if you, if you just run the mower over once, you could put them on top of the ground uh, you can work work some into the dirt if you want to, put the rest on top, and they'll be ready to go next spring. That's okay. a great idea. Okay, okay, thank you. Oh, let me ask you this. You said dirt, and then you said soil. Well, yeah, it's, it's her garden. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The re- reason I'm saying it, because a lot of people make a big deal out of it. Dirt is an English word for soil, which is a French word for dirt. But some people try to make you say make you feel bad if you say dirt. They want to say it's soil. I'm thinking, shut up. It's okay, dirt. It's dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you throw dirt up to your corn, you play in the dirt, you soil your pants. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the Maybe I, should, I shouldn't have gone there. Don't tell your mama I talk like this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Appreciate thank you. Co- you bet. Maybe it's a good time to take a break, John. <laughs> soil your pants. Soil yay. French for drip, which is English for soil. We can take a little break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushy. I don't know it all. Some stuff I know I wish I didn't know. Some stuff that I want to know and I can't figure it out, so I have to ask other people. And sometimes I say things that are all wrong, and I could do some straightening out. Isn't that the way it is? So I don't feel like I'm a know-it-all type of garden expert. If you have some questions, though, or some comments, or want to help correct me, or guide me in some way, shoot me an email. Don't dismiss me. Let's make this sort of a team thing. Give me an email, garden at mpbonline.org, and uh, I promise you I'll pay attention to what you're saying. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's the uh, Gestalt Gardener. Hope to see some of y'all in Mobile at the Botanical Garden Saturday at the Herb Thing. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, 
with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture is still rushing. I think I've composed myself a little bit. I'm not sure. Hey, let's go up to uh, Columbia, or down to Columbia, talk with Susan. Good morning, Susan. How are you this morning? I'm doing really good. How are you? Good. So far, so good. Okay, I've talked to you about this before, and I just cannot make it work. And that's Uh getting false foxgloves into my own garden. I mean, it's growing everywhere, and I've tried everything just about it, from digging it up to just picking bouquets, and I just cannot get false foxgloves to grow. Okay, you need to remind me what false foxglove is. You well, got a, a better day for I don't know another name for it. It's a wildflower in, in Columbia. It's just everywhere growing by the road. It has a pink flower on it. But it's the host plant for the uh, common buckeye butterfly. Okay, if it's, but it's got spikes of flowers with little little tubular flowers. Right, uh-huh. Okay, that, that might be also what they call... Um, Obedience. Look that up sometime. Obedient plant. It's a native plant called Physostesia. I bet that's what it is. Uh, just like goldenrod and other perennials, if you want to move it, cut it back, move the roots. It's a short little cut it back to just stubs and move the roots, and they'll sprout back out from that. But if you try to move a whole plant, it's going to wilt and die. Okay, so cut, go just go by the road, find some, cut it back. Dig it up and put it in, and, in and, my butterfly and it'll, garden. And it'll it'll bloom for you next year. But any time okay. you dig a plant that's in full bloom, that's probably the worst time to move a plant is in the summertime and or when it's in bloom because that's when it needs all those little roots. See, but if you'll just cut it back to some stuff and move some of those roots, it'll sprout right back out without doing any kind of thing. Well, I've just had fits with it. I've tried several different things, but I haven't tried cutting it back first, so that must be yeah. the key. Yeah. I've and, been and able look, to do other things, but it, this is the only one I can't It's It's just work. It's, it's, it's real hard it's in the summertime because they need their roots, and you leave most of the roots down. Anyway, look up obedient plant and let me know if that's the same thing. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Good luck on it, Susan. Uh, pl- by the way, that plant is called physostesia or obedient plant. It's called obedient because a little tubular flowers on the stem. You could push them with your finger and make them all point. They're like each flowers on a little swivel. You can make them point different directions. Let's go down to Hattiesburg. Hey, Wilbur, good morning, sir. Hello. I have a question What's about up? a tomato plant. Uh, okay. It's a red robin. It's a little cherry tomato plant I planted early. It's supposed uh-huh. to be a determinate plant, beautiful little plant, really dark green foliage. So when the tomatoes... And it was really prolific. So when they all, when it stopped producing, I just let it grow because it's pretty. It's a nice little plant. Right. Over the next week, uh, or this past week, I was out there looking, and it's covered again with blooms. I mean, so it's got oh. buds on there, and it's about to bloom again. So yeah. is it, uh, apparently it's not determinate, or, or what's going on with that? Well, I, I don't know the plant myself. I can look it up, uh, but I, I I can't do that and talk at the same time. I don't have sure. those kind of fingers. But uh, if it's supposed to be determined, that doesn't mean that it's absolutely determined. It just means that they, they tend to produce a lot of fruit at one time and then peter out. But it could be that yours catches a second wind. 
Well, I hope so, because they were great little tomatoes. Well, cool. I've also got a problem you, uh, with some of those. I'm sorry? Are you saving any seeds, or do you, do you plan on getting some new plants next year? Uh, well, I, I didn't, but I will now. Let's <laughs> see what I come up well, with. Say, yeah, leave, leave some of the ripest ones and get them, uh, you know, when they're full ripeness, set them aside. It's hard to get the seeds out of a tomato because they're all gooey. But oh, what yeah. I do is, is I spread, I wash them in a colander, and I spread them out and put them on a piece of paper towel and let mm-hmm. them dry. And then you cut them out, you cut off, the, you know, just tear off the little pieces of, of, you know, the seeds are stuck to the paper towel. But you can tear them off and plant them just like that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true, too. Um, I've got a question also about, like, uh, these leaf leg bugs, these little black leaf leg bugs, kind of look like stink bugs. Yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, that's, they have just ruined a couple of my tomato plants. And I'm yeah. trying to not be, you know, pest heavy or, you know, chemical heavy. So I've got right. some stuff that's uh, got a little bit of sesame oil and some other in there. I, kind of, it was, I guess Organicide, I guess, was sort of the, the brand name of it. But uh, uh, it has not been incredibly effective on that so far. Uh, is that no. normal? No. Uh, yeah, leaf-footed bugs, stink bugs, um you know, that whole family, once it gets the size on, they're extremely hard to kill, even with chemical poisons. One thing you can try, this is a natural product also, it's called pyrethrin. Pyrethrin mm-hmm. affects the nervous system of arthropods, insects. It's not a, it's not a horrible poison of people or pets. Uh, and you could, you could try that, uh, because pyrethrin is sort of stepping it up a little bit, but the mature ones are really hard to kill, even with chemicals. I try the pyrethrin and see how that works. All right, otherwise, you so much. Just up there, you know, can, can you thump really good? Yeah, I thumped a few this morning. That's a that you know that's that's a, that's what we call mechanical control. Good luck. Okay, Will, appreciate it. All righty, um, let's go to Benton now. Hey, Billy, how are you this morning? Fine. How you doing? So far, so good. I got me a couple of tomato plants about a foot tall, and I was going to put them in a five-gallon bucket to try to keep them over the winter in my house and outside. I wonder what should I put in the soil or dirt in the bucket to keep it from being so hard and compact? Would sand work or potting soil work? Well, uh, yeah, you, uh, for container plants, dirt packs down really, really hard. There's no need to put sand in there. What I would do is I'd get a good quality potting soil and maybe mix a little bark in with it. Bark, okay. Maybe some compost, but something that stays moist, but the extra water drains out. It's real important not keep these plants too wet. But if a potting soil sometimes tends to dry out too fast, dirt gets too hard, right. uh, but a, somewhere in between. So what I do is I get a potting soil and some bark and mix the two together. That's, that's what I use for most of my – and then I throw a little compost in it, sort of give that nice little living feel to it. Should I punch a hole in the bottom of the bucket, let the water drain out, excess water drain out, or leave it in there? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. But they've got to have good drainage. Okay. And uh, and I, and I also gonna throw. I'm not trying to be discouraging, but it's hard to grow tomatoes and peppers. Anything that makes a fruit needs to have a lot of it's six or seven, eight hours of direct sunshine. So if you're gonna give this a try, you need to put it in the south window right. and hope that it gets enough sunshine because it's just hard to grow fruiting type plants indoors. I got you. Without well, a lot of sunshine. Good thank luck. Thank you a lot, sir. I appreciate it. All righty. So far, so good. So far, so good. I'm going to be down in Mobile at the Botanical Garden. If you're down that way, stop by and say, hey, uh, the Herb Society thing, they're charging, I think, 30 or $35 for it. But it's a 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. They've got lunch involved, all sorts of snacks and 
the things like that. But anyway, I hope to see some of y'all down there. I do give a lot of presentations around the, uh, you know, just pretty much all over. So if there's some time when you'd like to have me mm-hmm. come by and give a presentation, I'd be glad to. Just shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Let's talk with Pat. Pat, you're on the road. I hope you got your hands on the wheel. Yes, sir. Hey, I uh, appreciate the call, uh, taking my call. My, my sure. question is, is regarding uh, plumeria. My wife, uh, she has uh, several of them that, that we've had probably about 15 years, and we have moved a few times in the last uh, year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the tips have broken off. Yeah. From, uh, transporting them and and you know stuck them back in a, in another pot. My problem is that these pots, uh, you know, we we've transplanted them several times, and you know the pots are are extremely large, and have you know having to move them into uh, the garage and put a heater in there for them uh, over the winter time. I'm just curious because uh, we have seen some in the Pensacola area that people have in their yards. Uh, is it possible to transplant them out into the yard? And if, well, if, if where, do you, decided, where, uh, where do you live? Where do you live? Right outside of Pensacola. It's possible, but you you're going to have to protect. If you have some cold weather, you're going to have to protect them. And also understand that they tend to drop their 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 leaves naturally. So sometimes when they share their leaves, some people think, "Oh my gosh, I need to water them." No, they go dormant even in sort of like the late summer. So when they drop their leaves, that's okay. Just stop watering for a little while, and then after a while, you can pick back up on it. You could try them outside, but I'd keep some in pots as a backup. Okay, and uh, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, the seed pods, how how difficult are uh, the plumeria I, to grow from seeds? It, it, it I, I honestly don't know because they're so easy from cuttings. That's what most people do. And, uh, and now, if you'll shoot me an email, I can find out real quick if there's any special treatment they need. Being tropical plants, they probably don't, but I don't even know if they're they're making viable seeds or not without certain kind of pollinators. But they're so easy to grow from cuttings. That's all you know. I've ever seen people do. So anyway, shoot me an email about it. We'll take it from there. Okay, appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Thanks. You betcha. Have we got time to go down to Woodville and talk with Lee? Real quick, so, Lee, you on there? Lee, what's up? Yeah, man, we're about out of time. What can I help you with? Just want to say, no, you don't do shout-outs, but I heard you say Jim Rosenblatt. That's Wilkinson County. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, Wilkinson Yeah, Wilkinson County. Also, um, if any of the people want to see that that comedian that's not Japonica, the, the uh, South Carolina, they come by the Woodville Library. You yes, know that you've you seen them yourself. Listen. Listen, we are out of time. I do appreciate it, but you're right. They've got a couple of great, big, fantastic uh, communities to thank us right by the library of downtown Woodville. Uh, but anyway, this has been the Gasalt Gardner, folks. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, my producer, Layback Java Chapman, a phone greeter today, and birthday boy, Kevin Farrell. I'm your host, Bella Rushing. I know this early autumn weekend will be less hot and humid. I'm just hoping your garden fares well. There's plenty to see and do. Take a walk. See what's going on in other people's yards. Maybe you can have that yourself. Take a kid to a garden center or farmer's market and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.